Hello and welcome to another episode of Extra Virgin Postcards. I'm Natasha Mirosh and each episode I invite a guest from somewhere around the world to tell us about where they live. They'll share what they love about it, what there is to see and do and tips about where locals like to eat and drink. This episode we're off to a city that I haven't been to before but it's on my list, Reykjavik in Iceland. Although you'll notice that my guest Jules pronounces it a little differently and also correctly. So whether you're planning a trip to Iceland or you're just indulging in a bit of armchair travel, sit back, relax and enjoy this postcard from Reykjavik. Hi everyone, my name is Jules Chambers and I'm the creator of All Things Iceland, an award-winning podcast and YouTube channel that helps people to learn about Iceland's rich nature, history, culture and language. I am not Icelandic and I did not grow up here. I was actually born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And at some point around eight years ago, I fell in love with an Icelander. Not something I expected to do and also what ensued after our relationship continued and we realized that we wanted to stay together forever I moved to Iceland in 2016, and not surprisingly, many people have asked me why would you move from New York City to Iceland, but hopefully in my little postcard here, you'll get an idea of why Iceland is so appealing, so beautiful, and might even resonate with you enough that you want to visit in the future. So for those who are not aware about Iceland, there is only one city. Now granted, this is not a very big place. If you think in terms of comparison, it's about the size of Ohio in the United States, the whole country. And there are 368,000 people, give or take, that live in the country. And in this one city, Reykjavik, there are 232,280 people. So around 63% of the country lives in the Reykjavik area. And that definitely is telling. So when you go outside of the city, you notice that there are not as many people. It's less populated. And in Reykjavik, obviously, it's more populated. But in comparison, somewhere like New York City, for instance, it is spacious. Even though I grew up in one of the largest cities in the world, it surprisingly wasn't hard for me to adjust to life here. And I think I was just more ready for something smaller, quieter, the air being cleaner. That's always really nice. Nature being close by and lots of space. So Reykjavik in general, in my opinion at least, is very inviting and I especially love that it's easy to get around. If you're in the downtown area, you can pretty much walk to everything else downtown. You can take the bus if you like, but if you're in good health and, and used to walking, shouldn't be a problem for you. You'll also find that there's a mix of architecture downtown. So Hatlgrimskirka, which is the large church and the tallest building downtown, is this church almost like a rocket, the way that it it was designed. And what's cool about it is that it's a great landmark, of course, but also from there you can go to the top and see the different buildings and the skyline at the top of this church. And there you will see that there are a mix of things. So modern architecture and then also traditional houses. So some of the houses in Iceland Back in maybe the 1950s or 40s, they were made out of timber. 
some of them out of concrete. So it's like a mix of that. But there's corrugated iron on the outside of the houses. And people have painted these sometimes really bright colors like blue, red, yellow. And it gives a beautiful character to the downtown area as you're walking around and observing. And I especially recommend that people just go on foot, even if you don't have a, you know, certain path you're taking. But of course, there are tours you can take and things to learn more about Iceland, its historic downtown. And while there is like a lot of character and easy to walk around, the majority of people do not live in the downtown area. So Reykjavik has its center, but then it has neighborhoods that are close by. Some of them would be more classified as suburbs and others are kind of a mix of feeling suburban, but also a little bit more of the city feel. My favorite thing about living in Reykjavik, which is in the south of the country, is that part of the skyline is Mount Asia. And this is a mountain that you can see from many places in downtown. You can't miss it. <laughs> and it's something you see across the water, across the sea. And it is just so prominent and domineering and beautiful. And it just really adds to the beauty of Reykjavik and its skyline. And also for me, it's a great reminder that nature is just a stone's throw away. For such a small city, there is a lot to see and do. So there are a lot of restaurants actually, many of which have vegan options or can accommodate different dietary needs. There are great museums, a lively music scene, lots of artists. You might have heard like Björk of Monsters and Men, Emiliana Torini, like different people who have come out of Iceland. So there's a lot of creativity here and definitely check out the music scene if you have time. But to be honest, just in terms of Iceland in general, I recommend that if you're going to come, of course, give a day or two in Reykjavik, two days only if you're going to spend a decent amount of time in the country. But what really makes this country special is the untouched and raw nature, which is outside of the city. So definitely make sure that you're getting out to different areas of Iceland because it's so often that people just go to one specific area. Maybe they've seen something on Instagram or YouTube, which is fine. But be open to going to other areas too. So one in particular that I think is one that is so fascinating is the Reykjanes Peninsula. And the reason why I often am recommending this place is because the Blue Lagoon is there, which is the iconic water that is icy blue and beautiful and tranquil. And many people visit there. The Keflavik International Airport, where most people who fly into Iceland, so you're already landing on this peninsula, and the erupting volcano is there. Now, that might seem like that's enough, right? But there is actually a lot more to do and see on this peninsula, such as Iceland's largest hot spring, or even this area that's away from the largest hot spring, but you can go snorkeling in a hot spring, which is crazy. <laughs> so, and crazy meaning crazy awesome. So, there's so many possibilities in this area and then if you drive three hours to the west from Reykjavik you can go to Snæfellsnes Peninsula which is considered a microcosm of Iceland so you can find all the different types of like geological things and attributes of Iceland on this other peninsula and the south coast which is the most popular area that most people go to there are glaciers there so you can walk on a glacier or even to the Golden Circle. The majority of tourists go here, but it is popular for a reason in that you get to see 
thing that cleared, which is the one of the most historic, if not the most historic place in the country, because that is where Iceland's parliament was started in the ninth century. And it's, I think, the oldest parliament in the world. I mean, there's a little bit of a dispute but <laughs> with another one, but I'm pretty sure it's the oldest in the world in terms of still functioning. And it is in the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, which is where the Eurasian and North American tectonic plates are ripping Iceland into two parts. So it's ripping the country apart. But because Iceland has so much volcanic activity underneath, the country stays as one. It's <laughs> super fascinating. So people always worry, like, what if there's some more volcanic activity? Well, I don't think it's a problem because there's so much there. But, you know, if it ever were to be that volcanic activity stopped in Iceland, then eventually Iceland would become two different pieces of land. While there is a ton more that I can talk about in regards to what you can see and do and the adventures you can have here, I think you get my drift. So I just want to give you a little teaser. And regarding Icelanders, they, of course, are very proud of their country. They're very proud of their language, which is Icelandic. And they are friendly for sure. But like most Nordic places, I think they're a little bit more reserved when it comes to interacting with people besides those who work as guides, you know, because those people are more used to meeting foreigners, interacting. But you might find if you go to like a party or something that it takes a little bit of time for Icelanders to warm up to you, but they're in general very friendly and, and lovely people. And regarding the language... It is beautiful, but difficult to learn, and Icelanders love it when visitors try their language. So when you find yourself in Iceland, because I'm really hoping that you do want to come and visit this amazing place, try this phrase, Godan Dayin. Godan Dayin. So just regularly would say Godan Dayin, which means good day. So when you go to greet someone... You could say hi, but Godantayin is really the thing that most Icelanders say to each other. And for sure, when you walk into a shop, an Icelander would love to hear that. Personally, in Iceland, I like to do a variety of things. And on the weekend, it really differs for me depending on my schedule, because sometimes I might be filming. Sometimes I'm just hanging out with family or friends. Maybe I'll go to brunch, go on a hike, you know, different Things. There's so many different things. Trying a new vegan dish at a restaurant. And because so many restaurants in Iceland have vegan food in them, because I am a plant-based eater, I can go out with several people and all of us would get something that's satisfying to us. Of course, there are many times when I chill at home and I do that. So especially if there's a storm. Some of my favorite places for brunch, because who doesn't like to brunch, are... Kol, so coal, it would be one way of spelling it, but it's K-O-L, Duck and Rose, Laundromat Cafe, and Vegan World Peace. Vegan World Peace is the only one on that list that's completely vegan. All the others have varieties of foods for different people if you're in a group that's mixed in terms of dietary restrictions and or lifestyle. Now, here's a tip that I'm going to give you in regards to coming to Iceland, especially if you like to experience nightlife in different countries. So Reykjavik, like I mentioned, biggest city. And even if you go to Akureyri, which is in the north and called the capital of the north, it still applies. 
So most Icelanders do not go out to party in clubs until after midnight. It's very important. That, that's the tip. And so it's funny how many people show up, many visitors show up, and they're so ready to party and it's 10 p.m. They walk in and it's empty or it's like very few people on the dance floor. And everyone's like, where's the party? It's Friday night or Saturday night. Where is everybody? Well, if you want to party the Icelandic way, what I recommend is first pre-gaming at home. And I mean that meaning if you like to drink, drink at home the majority of the stuff you want to drink <laughs> just because the alcohol in Iceland is very expensive. It's heavily taxed. And in fact, go if you when you fly in, they're duty-free. It's best to buy it there. That's another big tip. And not a lot of Icelanders use this as well. So if they have like a friend flying in, they ask them to get them like some type of alcohol they want from duty-free in order to save on taxes. So get that and then, you know, drink them a bit while you're at home getting ready, all that stuff. There's another one in terms of the next thing to do before you actually go out and party, which is pretty funny, is to go out for some ice cream. So an ice cream shop in Iceland is called East Boothen, which is literally ice cream shop. And what's hilarious is that they are open late all year round. Doesn't matter if there is a snowstorm or whatever, Icelanders will be there getting their ice cream. They usually open till like 11, which in my opinion is pretty late considering the fact that most places in Iceland close much earlier than that, except for restaurants and clubs, of course. But yeah, go get an ice cream, enjoy that, and then go out to the club and dance the night away after midnight. All right. So that was my hot tip for all you party goers out there. It was lovely to share a little bit about Iceland with you, and I hope I've encouraged you to visit in the near future. Which means, thank you very kindly for listening, and see you soon. You've been listening to Extra Virgin, a podcast for the Epicurious. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can follow Extra Virgin Food and Travel on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple, Spotify or Google Podcasts and subscribe, rate and leave a review.